Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you don't leave us in the valleys. But Lord, you are lifting us up day after day. And Lord, you are working to uh, working toward a day, Lord, that we will forever be out of the valleys. When we come to live with you for all of eternity. Lord, we look forward to that day. That day of complete and total redemption and renewal. Now, Lord, today as we open your word, I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear you. Speak to us, O Lord. Draw us nearer to you. That we might see you, trust you, and obey you. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, open with me to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19, as we continue our journey of faith, as we look at the life of Abraham and his journey of faith with the Lord. Today we come back to the story of Lot and his place there in Sodom. And we get to see the, the great judgment of Sodom today as we continue this study. Genesis chapter 19, today we'll be looking at verses 1 through 29, 1 through 29. You found your place there, then stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. The two angels came to Sodom in the, in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people, to the last man, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the, at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand back. And they said, This fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot <coughs> into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the, with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city? Bring them out of this place. For 
we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But it seemed to his sons-in-law, but he seemed to be to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. As the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back to, or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, Oh, no, my lords. Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown, him, shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what, and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley and looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, we remember how the story of Lot began. Uh, we look back a few, few, well, several weeks ago now. Lot was the nephew of, of Abraham. And he had come out of Ur of the Chaldeans with his uncle, traveled there with him. Abraham had taken care of him. And he had benefited from the great blessings that God had uh, put upon Abraham. So much to the point that there came a time in their dwelling together that they had to separate. There was not enough land there to, to feed both, both of their flocks. And so it came to that point where Abraham said to Lot, Look, Lot, all of the land of promise is before you. 
You just pick a direction. If you, go, if you go right, I'll go left. And if you go left, well, then I'll go right. You just pick the direction and you go and we'll separate. But you remember Lot, as he looked before him, his gaze turned to the side over there in the valley of the Jordan. Oh, man, those, those uh, nice green fields there in the valley and all those wonderful cities full of, of riches and ease. And he looked at the, the, the Jordan Valley and he looked at the hilly country before him and he looked back at the Jordan Valley and he, he said, man, I really want what they've got over there. That grass sure looks green. That lifestyle sure looks great. And he was lured by the enticements of the valley. And so we, we ended with that story that Lot settled near the city of Sodom. Of course, we know that when the uh, Cadlemir and the, the th other three kings who were with him, when they came through the land and they... they conquered Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot was one of the ones that were, was taken out of Sodom and carried off with them. And Abraham again came as the rescuer, the savior of Sodom and Gomorrah, God's savior, and he rescued Lot out of the hands of those kings. And now we see Lot has been stripped of all the blessings that God had blessed him with when he was with Abraham, now he is a city dweller. No longer does he live outside near the city, but now he is living in the city. Not only that, we see that he has really become an, a part of the community there in Sodom. As our passage opens up today, it says, a Lot was sitting in, at the entrance when the two men came into the city. For a man to sit at the entrance meant that he was a, a man of respect, a man, a, a leader of the community, someone to whom people would go to for judgments and that sort of thing. So he has taken a position of, of influence within the city. Now as we continue in the story, we see that maybe it wasn't so much that they revered Lot, Perhaps it was because of Abraham and his salvation of Sodom and Gomorrah that they kind of stand lot. As we see in the story, the men, they, they actually look at him on contempt in contempt when he says to them what he says to them, this man has come to sojourn here and now he is our judge. And even his sons-in-laws look at him and think, <laughs> he, he kind of looks like a, a court jester to them. They can laugh him off as a fool. Nevertheless, he has become a man of influence. He has really ingrained himself in the city of Sodom. And so this story, as we look at the story of Lot, at this narrative, this portion of the narrative, this section is actually, this chapter... This part of the narrative is divided into four parts. Four parts, and they're defined by the time of day. You have, first of all, in the evening, followed by as the morning dawned, and then it goes on to when the sun had risen, and then early in the morning. 
In that first section, it really kind of works out every detail. It's setting, it's kind of putting in place the setting of the story. It's, it's putting all the pieces together. And it works out kind of long. But then as the story progresses, you notice that those sections, they get shorter and shorter and shorter. The, the mood, the flow of it increases. It intensifies. It moves faster and faster and faster. And that's to bring our attention to what is taking place here. This is a time of judgment of the Lord. And Lot, a righteous man, is there in the midst of it all. So as we begin with that first section in the, in the morning, or in the evening, excuse me, in the evening, those two men who had been with the Lord, you think back a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, and, and Abraham received three men, one of them being the Lord, the Lord in person. And he had two men with him, and these two men were angels of the Lord, messengers. And last week we saw as the, the two men, they continued on, but the Lord stayed there with Abraham, and Abraham interceded for the righteous who might be down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. But the two men, the two angels, the messengers that were with the Lord, they continued on. And so we find that those two men, those two angels, they have found their way to Sodom. It is in the evening, which would be a, a common time for uh, travelers to enter into the city. It's very ironic as we look at the story and see how the story develops because uh, to go into a city in the evening was actually supposed to be the safe thing to do. If you're traveling out, out and out about, going from place to place, it could get dangerous outside the protective walls of a city. There were many dangers out in the wilderness. Oh, there were the, the dangers from animals. There were lions and bears and wolves, all kinds of things that might get you in the night. Along with that, there were robbers. I mean, surely we've all watched those old westerns, and uh, many of them begin with the, the, the family making their way west with all of their goods, and they stop to camp for the night, and here comes the robbers who come and steal all that they, they own and leave them with nothing. Well, that's the way it was. Even back in Lot's day, to be outside the, the protective walls of the city was a dangerous place to be. And so the men coming into the city would have been a, a, a common occurrence. Travelers coming through, they would seek the, the comfort and the protect, protection of the city to spend the night. And so these two men, they come into the city into this protective area and they go to the center of the city and Lot he follows in after them and you gotta think that Lot knows his city perhaps he's seen this before perhaps he's known that that strangers in the past who have come in the city did not fare so well 
So Lot is hospitable. Perhaps he has learned from his uncle. And he goes in and he follows the men in and he approaches them and he says, why don't you guys come to my house? Why don't you come to my house? Stay at my house. Wash your feet. Have a nice restful evening. I'll feed you. And then in the morning you can continue on your journey. And the men, they're there for a purpose, and they kind of refuse at first. No, we're going to spend the night in the square. But Lot presses them. Come on, come on. I can't have this. You, you come to my house. I will take care of you. Now, as we think about Lot in comparison to Abraham, we kind of see a comparison of hospitality, don't we? This is kind of a mirror chapters in some sense. Abraham, he invites the three to come and, and sit down and rest and wash their feet. And, and he says, let me, let me bring you a morsel of bread. And then he brings them, instead of a morsel of bread, he brings them a humongous feast and sets it before them. And Lot, on the other hand, he brings them a feast of bread, of unleavened bread at that. That's a bread that is made in haste. And so we see that hospitality, the hospitality of Abraham compared to the hospitality of Lot. Nevertheless, Lot is doing the best he can. And he invites them in and he tries to take care of them the best he can. He wants to make sure that they are taken care of. And you see that Lot, he understood something, that, that this was pleasing to the Lord. Again, perhaps something he learned from his uncle. Because we know that through Scripture that the Lord is pleased when people take care of the disadvantaged. You see, that's what the author of this passage is really trying to drive home here. Lot is one who is seeking to care for the disadvantaged. He is measuring Lot's righteousness according to the Torah, the law of the Old Testament. We see in the Torah, the law of the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 22, verses 21 through 24, God's command according to or uh, towards the, his people uh, to how to do with sojourners, with travelers, for the strangers. He says there in Exodus chapter 22, verses 21 through 24, You shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you with the sword and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. Notice that word there. When they cry out to me and we talked about that last week that was one of the that was the word that uh, God used before Abraham because the cry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is grave and so he is going down according to the outcry against them you see it was wrong to oppress those who were in a place of disadvantage the fatherless, the orphan, the widow, and the sojourner. 
And so the writer of this text, the author of this text, he wants to really point out to us, he's drawing out to us that Lot, he is one who is looking for the interest of the disadvantaged. It paints the picture here of righteous Lot. And so righteous Lot, he brings the strangers into his house. He is hospitable. He puts them up. And when the men of Sodom come knocking at the door, as the dinner ends and they're getting ready for bed, Lot! Lot! Bring those men out here. Bring them out to us so we can know them. We know that they're not just looking to get to know them, who they are and where they're from. They want to abuse them in a sexual way. Oh, the perversion of the city. And Lot goes out to the men. Oh, don't be so wicked. Don't be so wicked. Don't do what you're wanting to do. He even goes so far to offer up his own daughters. We need to see that. Yes, Lot is being painted as a righteous man in comparison to the people of Sodom. But yet, do you see how Lot, how his life has become so entangled by the city of Sodom and their wickedness that, that, that the city has perverted his own sense of morality. Though he is a man who is, he is seeking God in, in the way he knows how, and he is taking care of the, the outcasts, he is trying to care for those who are at a disadvantage that that which would be, would be pleasing to the Lord yet he is about to sin he is wanting to sin by prostituting out his daughters dear friend we need to know, know this we need to see this that even we Christians can get so tangled up in this world so tangled up in our society that we allow our society, we allow the world to creep into our morality and skew and pervert our morality. Dear friend, be careful. Be careful. We don't need to make friends with this world. we got to live in this world. The Lord has put us here to live, to, to be a witness, to be ambassadors for His kingdom here. Oh, but how tempting is the world. How it draws us in, draws us in, draws us in. And how it perverts our sense of morality. Jesus tells us that we're to be in the world, but not of the world. We're to be in the world. We're to live in the world. Sojourn in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Lot, 
I'm afraid, has become part of his world. And his morality has suffered. So we cannot excuse Lot's sin. It is sin that he would send his daughters out to prostitute as prostitutes for the men of the city. Nevertheless, we see Lot painted as one who is there to care for the interest of the disadvantaged, the sojourner. He is a righteous man in comparison to the men of Sodom. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 through 8 tells us of Lot that he, he, God rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked. For as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormented, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Lot was a man of righteousness, a man who had been under the influence of his uncle Abraham, who apparently began to trust in the God of Abraham, though he was lured away by the world's enticements. As it continues, the men, the angels, reach out at the last moment jerk Lot back in the house as the men are about to try to defile him. And they strike the men outside the door with blindness. And it says the men of the city groped at the door trying to get in. Even being struck with blindness didn't cause them to uh, divert from their sinful desire. The men tell Lot, Lot, this is what's about to happen. Lot, you need to go and you need to get all the family that you have here in this city and you need to gather them up and you need to get out of the city because of the outcry. We see again, because the outcry in verse 13 against his people has become become great before the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it the men of Sodom, Sodom confirmed the pleas the outcry of the oppressed against the city of Sodom and Gomorrah by their actions against these two strangers and now God's judgment is about to fall upon the wicked land we need to see in this text, in this first section, what I believe is really trying to, what the text is really trying to drive home to us here, is that the heart of mankind is set on wickedness. The heart of mankind is set on wickedness. Scripture tells us that the heart of man is, it pursues wickedness constantly. And that's what we see taking place here in Sodom and, and Gomorrah. God has let go of the reins and he has let them go and do as they so desire and they have shown their great wickedness. They're evil, wicked people. But that wasn't just true of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
we see this theme recurring over and over and over again throughout Scripture. And when we get to the book of Revelation, that last chapter of the Bible, we see that this world that we live in is consumed with the same kind of wickedness that Sodom and Gomorrah was consumed with. It's not going to get better, dear friend. God has been gracious to this world. And He continues to be gracious until the number of the elect, the number of His children are called in. But when that number is complete, God loosens the reins. In Revelation, we see a world that is consumed with wickedness and evil, ripe for judgment. The heart of man is wicked constantly. Part two, as the morning dawned. As the morning dawned, there in verse 15, as the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But what did Lot do? He continued to linger. He lingered. He continued to stay. He continued to fold his hands. Oh my, what am I to do? Um, This is my home. This is my place. What am I to do? He refused to leave. Used to, I was a volunteer fireman back when I lived in Warren. They always amazed me. Often we would get to a fire and a a house just consumed with smoke and fire. And the residents continue to run in and gather, run in and gather. And we would have to restrain, physically restrain them. Pull them out of their burning house. To save their lives, them kicking and screaming and fighting. We'd have to get the police there to hold them back so that we could fight the fire. That's a picture of Lot. God's about to rain down judgment on Sodom. He's about to to flood it with fire and Lot is folding his hands. Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. How used to this world can we be? so consumed with all the wares of this world that we just refuse to let go. Lot refused to let go. He refused to let go. He refused to, to leave the place. But I want you to see that God is merciful to the right, righteous. God is merciful to the righteous. Though Lot refused to go, he continued to to linger and linger and linger. The angels of the Lord, keeping the promise that God had made Abraham, grabbed Abraham and his wife and his daughters and forcibly took them out of the city. Oh, how God is merciful to us. (laughs) How God is merciful. 
How many times in my own life do I think about how God has saved me from myself? When I have my mind set on doing the wrong thing, how many times has God rescued me, saved me from doing something so stupid? Praise God that God is merciful to His children. How often would you have messed up? How many times in your own life can you think about God rescuing you from yourself? Praise God that He is merciful to the righteous. He is merciful to His children. Saving us even from ourselves. That's what God does here. He saves Lot from Himself through His own mercy and grace. Then when the sun had risen, God's judgment began to fall down on Sodom and Gomorrah. When the sun had risen on the earth, when Lot had come to Zor, came to Zor, then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Think about how Lot began. Lot, though he was given the land of promise before him, he looked to the enticements of the valley. All the green grass, all the beautiful, rich cities. Yet, in a moment of judgment, in an instant, God wiped out all that Lot had put his hope in. All that Lot had held on so tightly to. It said that the Lord rained down fire on the cities and wiped out all the cities of the valley, all the inhabitants of the city, and all of that green grass that looked so good on the other side looked so good and enticing to Lot, God wiped it out. He wiped it out in an instant, in a moment of judgment. And like Lot trying to hold on to all of that, his wife looked back and was swept away in God's judgment. Dear friend, judgment will befall this wicked world. Much like that that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, in fact, we can see a parallel of what happened there in the Jordan Valley to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. To what's going to happen in the end of days. Revelation shows us a very similar picture. That God will rescue the righteous out of the earth in just a moment, in an instant, by His mercy and His grace, He will call up His children out of the earth and He will rescue them. And then He will rain down His damnable justice, His righteousness, His, His right judgment 
upon the world. And just like Sodom and Gomorrah, he will rain down fire. He will crush the wicked. He will wipe them out. He will take all of the treasures of this world, all the things that we cling to day in and day out, all the things that take us away from serving the Lord, He will wipe them out completely in a moment, in an instant. There will be nothing left. Dear friend, there's many here today, you're holding on just like Lot. You're holding on to the things of this world. You're clinging to them. Serving them rather than God. Hoping in them rather than Christ. Dear friend, the day is coming just like happened in Sodom and Gomorrah and in an instant, in a moment, God's wrath will fall down and He will destroy all the, the temporal things of this world. All the treasures that you value, money, possessions, everything, gone. When Lot left the city, when God rained down judgment because Lot had entwined himself so in the city, because he had clung to the, the things of the world so, all of those enticements, he lost everything. Everything. God brought him there with great riches and blessings. But he clung to the world and he left with nothing. Where's your treasure, friend? Is all of your treasure wrapped up like Lot in this world? Or is your treasure in heaven? Are you seeking the kingdom of this world or are you seeking God's kingdom? Judgment is coming. That's a fact. It's not it might come. It's not it may be here one of these days. If, if things keep going like this, it's gonna, it might come. No, God says it's coming. And when it comes, there'll be nothing left in this world. Where is your treasure? Judgment will befall this wicked world. Don't hold on to this world. But cling. Cling to Christ. Early in the morning, part four, Abraham goes out to the place where he had left the Lord, where he had interceded for the righteous of the city. He knows the time has come. Let's go see what has happened. Were there even ten righteous there? Did God spare the city? And as he looks down towards the valley, all he sees is smoke billowing up, billowing up, billowing up. 
how his heart must have melted. Sorrow that he must have felt. But we notice here as the passage closes, and this is so important. Verse 29, so it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley. Watch this. God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. As judgment falls, dear friend, the way of escape is through God's covenant of grace. Why was Lot rescued? Why was Lot rescued from the city? Though he had clung so tightly to it, why was he rescued? Because of his place with Abraham. Because of the covenant that God had made with Abraham. God remembered Abraham. It doesn't say he remembered Lot. He said God remembered Abraham and he remembered the covenant that God had made with Abraham. He remembered his promise to Abraham. I will not wipe away the righteous with the wicked. Because of Lot's position in respect to the covenant. Oh, Lot wasn't that great of a character. <laughs> he was a fool. Yet apparently, he had this one redeemable characteristic. He trusted in the God of Abraham. He trusted in the promise of the seed that God would give Abraham through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Had he not believed in the seed, had he not trusted in God's promise through Abraham, Lot would have been wiped away with all the rest of them. Peter would not be calling Lot a righteous man had he not trusted in the Savior who brings righteousness. Lot trusted in the seed. The righteous seed of God who would come and wipe away sin by the way of His death and resurrection. And dear friend, the same is true for us. Judgment is coming. It is coming. And the only way of escape is to be in God's covenant of grace. Trusting in the seed, the offspring of Abraham, through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed by trusting in Jesus Christ. Do you trust in Jesus? Are you following Christ today? The righteous died the death of the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. We read from Peter earlier. If you don't trust in Christ, 
just like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, you will face judgment before God. And the only way to escape that judgment is to trust in Jesus. Give your life to Him. And He will save you from judgment. Dear friend, if you got nothing else today, get this. Judgment is coming. And the only way of escape is through faith in God's covenant of grace. Judgment is coming, and the only way of escape is through faith in God's covenant of grace. That is through the promised three seed. That is through Christ. Dear friend, quit clinging to the enticements of this world. Quit clinging to the wickedness of this world. And latch on to Christ. And receive the salvation. That only He provides. Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank You. Even as we see our world. Oh, Lord, when we think about Sodom and Gomorrah and, and think about our own world, we can see such great parallels. Oh, how the oppressed are beat down in our world. Those in the greatest disadvantage, those who are in the, the most vulnerable position, the unborn are being slaughtered by the millions every year. Oh, we are no better than Sodom and Gomorrah. By your mercy, you're withholding your judgment. Father, today, there are those who have been running away from you, holding on to the things of this world. Lord, day, to, let today be the day they see the error of their ways and turn to you. Lord, do a work in them. Save their soul. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.